0: Hello, and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host Milo, and joining me are Gareth and Ricky. Hi, gents. Hi, Milo. Hi, mate. You are all right? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks. Uh, Steph can't be with us this week. He's busy dismantling oh. his Eric Dyer shrine and replacing it one for Papi <laughs> Matessar, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which means he's not here to talk about our game earlier today when we played Manchester United at Old Trafford, a stadium that's so knackered that I think you can get him free with an English Heritage membership. <laughs> we, we put in a really good performance, and we must be a little bit disappointed not to come away with three points. But before we get around talking to that, Ricky, you were at the Under Twenty Ones game at Southampton on Friday night. How cold was it? What did you think of the game and did anyone stand out?
1: Um it was cold, but it wasn't that cold. Friday wasn't too bad. It's not 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 um not as bad as what's in the forecast coming this week. But um yes, I think um I think yeah, I totted off to Tottenham to watch Tottenham Hotspur. Thank you, sir. No. <laughs> um the under-21s, it's good to see some live footballs. I have watched youth live football for ages. And I, I, I don't know if it was just this game, but it was very, very frantic and intense. And there was not much time on the ball most of the time. And whether that's the exuberance of youth, I remember playing youth football and literally you never run out of energy. So it might be that. But um, yeah, it was it was great to see the youngsters. Uh, they're a bit depleted now because some players have gone elsewhere. Uh, but I could see Alfie Dorrington play, Will Lankshire and Sunak Bell. And we did put in... A, it was quite a good performance. Southampton have got some good players themselves. They've got a great academy. We all know that. Um, but Lancashire's definitely a typical kind of target man centre... Not target man. He's a focus point, I would say. And he did really well. He had a great mm. running battle with their centre half. And I don't just mean on the ball, but off the ball, they were constantly digging each other <laughs> in the ribs and pushing each other and stuff like that. It was quite funny to watch when you see this stuff close up. Uh, but obviously, he got the upper hand in the end because... Um, uh, he got one off his face to win it, which um, obviously cheered him up. But uh, I think he got a fat lip. But hey, you win the game 3-2 at the end there, you don't mind fat lips. Um, Sinup Bell's very good player, very well-balanced player. I think he plays with both feet. Mm. Um, I was having a close look at him on the left side in the second half. Uh, impressed by him. Uh, he, he He definitely gave their right back some problems, but... Couldn't really deliver the final ball, which was a te- which was actually a case for both teams. Um, as I say, it was a tight and frantic game, so it was quite hard for the technical skills to come through. But um, and of course, Alfie Dorrington. I suppose you're wondering about Big Alfie. He looks. In stature, a bit like the, the chap we just signed. He's um mm. he's a tall, kind of once again a balanced player. He's quite comfortable receiving the ball off the goalie. We're doing plenty of that as well. We're just like Ange Wood, just out to the goalie and then wanting to feed it to a centre half. He's comfortable doing that. Um he looks for someone that's quite calm, quite in control, and I mean that even in defensive situations, he's he's not doesn't look particularly rash. So it looks like he's got all the skills that can be trained up to be what you call Mm. a modern centre half I presume
0: yeah I watched the game on, on Spurs play and uh yeah, it was a good game. I would say um, maybe a little lucky with um, with um, Lancashire's second goal, but his first goal was lovely, really well taken.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I only saw the first half on on Spurs play, and then came back and see the result. But it's, it's a really good crop this year. They're they're doing really well and justifiably top of the table. So recommend anyone if you get the opportunity either to watch them live or um, or whether on Spurs play to take that opportunity.
1: Uh, lot, lots of Spurs fans there as well. So well done to everyone. But- traveled well i suppose they're all south coast spurs fans mostly so but well done
0: cheers that Ricky. that was uh that was interesting say it was good it was a good game it's not, it's nice to get along to to see the kids isn't it occasionally um let's move on to our game earlier on today Man- manchester united at old trafford saying it was a it was a really good performance i thought you know considering the number of players we had out and you know some late changes so in a nutshell what do you, you think gareth
2: Overwhelmingly, I'm I'm really pleased and I'm I'm really optimistic after what I've seen. I think it's really clear that our principles of play are really embedded within the squad, whatever the eleven. Now, I really enjoyed the way that we were able to play out of Manchester United's press, no matter how good or bad that was. But the way we were able to control tempo in, in midfield, the difficulty was... Um just how how we converted that position in the middle third into actually creating chances in the in the final third. I know that something we'll come on to talk about why that happened. I do think it was it was in force and there was sort of circumstances why that was the case today. But look, I i I very much felt that we're um you know we're looking up a mountain at the moment, um and we've got a lot to be optimistic about.
1: Ricky, okay. what do you think? Yeah, I echo that. I think um we are <laughs> it surprises me every week because it's so easy to be a bit of a bit not not with Ange but in previous seasons being a bit doom doom laden with um like who we've got available haven't we and you're playing these big away games and you just think oh well how can we achieve anything like that but every every week now I am confident uh no matter who we have to play and equally today I thought even without the adversity we had to face we showed Man United that we were a better team than them um Ange has obviously had a lot less time than Ten Hag and he, he well, in a nutshell, it looks like from our performance when you watch them now, and certainly today, that we actually do things on the training ground that we like <laughs> carry out on a match day, and that that's all just positive. And I'm glad we got something from it because I mean, although they, I mean we are probably gone to it, although they had obviously quite. a, Great chance at the end there. I thought we deserved something out of it. And I think with a couple of other players, if they were playing, not that this is slur on anyone that started for us today, um, I think we would have got something out of it. I think there was just a few little tweaks that would have made us uh, take advantage of United and the problems they've got. And they've got many,
0: I think. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? When you look at the number of players we had out and kind of late, late changes to the side because of illness, that we still try to play our game. And I think that's probably and the biggest credit I'd pay to Ange, you know, kind of throughout this period is that we've always tried to play the game, and you know, we're still trying to, you know, trying to trying to draw Man United on and play through them, and we're largely successful. I think you know, if you look at if you if you're watching that game blind today, I think you would have guessed that we were the home team, not them. We made them look pretty ordinary, I think, for large chunks of it. So the team selection was kind of mixed, wasn't it? We had uh, Mickey and Cootie back, and then and then that midfield and those those changes there. What did you think when you saw the team selection?
2: I Well, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting Romero to play because, in fact, on the on the club communications that went out Friday, they said that Romero is still a few weeks off, but this might be all part of Ange's mind games with injuries that we we get. Obviously, we weren't expecting Kuliseski not to be involved at all today. That was a fairly new piece of news. I think what was... Um, so really, I th- think the team probably picked itself on. I'm, I'm assuming that had, um, had Kuliseski been available, he probably would have been in for Hoiberg. I think so, yeah. I th- yeah, I think it would have been. I think it would as the sixth and then then Skip and Kuliseski in front of him. Other than that, well, I so suppose, yeah, if if we knew Romero was going to be available, you probably would have expected him to have come back in ahead of Dragushan, who you know, had, what, two training sessions with the team. But I think what was really stark was, the, um, was looking at the bench, and the options or lack of options that were available. I thought that, for me, was quite telling.
0: So, Gareth, I don't want you questioning Angie's integrity. If he said he's injured, he's injured. You
2: know, that <laughs> might be yeah. the case on Friday. Don't tell but... him I said that, will <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ricky? Um, I think, well, I was, I was overjoyed that Romero and van der Vaart were starting. because we're, mm. uh, Van, van der de Ven. Van der Ven. I keep saying that every week, tonight. Van der Vaart would never make a centre-half, would he? hard yeah. <laughs> His little legs weren't carrying fast enough. Um um but and i was i was kind of like a bit blinded by that because they've not really been expected to be back and i was and then after looking at the rest of the team i was thinking thank god they are back because if those those two weren't playing today you can imagine what our kind of 11 would have been but um but what was impressive is you had those four pillars of just defensive awesomeness back in front of big vic now and that's what we've been waiting for um obviously the other places in front of him will fill up over the weeks when people come Mm. back from international duty or injury but um i was yeah so i was hopeful for that just thinking that we were going to be defensively solid um i wasn't quite sure how it's going to go in front of that i know verner i i mean i think they were saying before the game that he's paid 17 minutes in two months or something Mm. so you know that's that's a lot of him a lot to ask of him um and he's only had two sessions with us, I think. So, um, but yeah, how that, how that midfield was going to configure itself was something that would reveal itself. And, uh, and obviously, we were missing the main man in Sonny. So uh, uh, once again, <laughs> you do have those kind of doubts of how it's going to go. But um, as we said at the start there, it um, surpassed my expectations once again. So maybe my expectations need to be kind of, you know, altered. I'm- I was a
0: bit nervy before kickoff. know yes, particularly with that that midfield and and the front line. I was a bit worried that we weren't going to be able to you know hold onto the ball and control it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the um, yeah you know, both Johnson and Werner are um, you're know, very quick, good at getting in behind, but not really you know able to hold on the ball, uh, hold up the ball, and again you know maybe you know, maybe not quite the crafting in midfield that you want although i thought it was interesting that you know it's hoibier who who anchored uh midfield and and benton kerr played further yeah, yeah. played further forwards which i was pleased about because um you know at least it does give that you know hoibier and skip together are a bit samey aren't they a bit a bit one-dimensional and um so yeah i was pleased with that change but yeah nervous nervous before kickoff um how did we play? I mean, obviously, the first end was kind of bookended by United goals, with you know not much them not doing much in between, and then you know we we got off to a flyer in the second half, and then you know, pretty much controlled it. I mean, it felt pretty comfortable to me. They they had two shots on target, scored two goals. You would probably hope that we'd do better with both of those. I think, but if yeah, it felt pretty comfortable to me. What do you think?
2: I yeah, I, I thought we were very very good in the middle third, which for the exactly for the reasons you said, I was a bit concerned about. I, I, worried that we wouldn't have the craft and control when the three that we did to actually dictate play in the way that we way that we did um i i just felt that we were yeah i thought we were largely very good in the in, in the middle third i just thought we were a bit suspect in the in the two final thirds i thought mm. both united goals were very well taken goals Um, but I think they were a little bit cheap from our perspective to have conceded. I I think it wouldn't have taken a lot to have prevented either of those. And then again, in the final third, it was just that conversion of possession into real chances that was, that was really lacking. So I thought very much we played to our strengths, which I guess is a positive, which is we, we look most likely to score from corners and we did work lots of opportunities to gain corners. And I almost felt that that became the, um, that became the strategy: was to get the ball into the final third and try and get a corner because we knew that we would be better there than from open play.
1: Yeah, I think we played. Um, I mean, Ten Hag said in his interview after that they kind of a big well a, a, a way they can play, and whether this is because they've obviously given up possession, whether they like it or not, but they mm. do like to play on the counter because they've got you know some fast men up front, and they've got you know I suppose it's fair to say Bruno Orx and. Bruno Fernandes or Eriksen, not going to call him Bruno, Fernandes and Eriksen can both deliver a pass and we saw that literally in the first minute which is obviously, you know, a bit of a risk. But I think overall we then just controlled the game. We then scored at a good time because, you know, we'd started to really impose ourselves Mm. and uh, albeit a set play, I think, I mean, Ange says this, I mean, I think I think you're right, Gavin. I think people seem to think, oh, the midfield didn't play as well. But that's because the players that play bring different abilities, did not they? And I think Ange says this. You can't expect someone to do what Saar does or someone to do what Kieluseski does or Lacelso does if they're not always that kind of player. They can only play to their strengths. And I think Skip and, and Pierre played pretty much the kind of games you expect them to normally play. Um, uh, I think United they just you know United are baffling I just don't think they they don't look like we do in the sense of they don't look like they're yeah I'm not sure what Ten Hag is trying to teach them to do he's trying to train them to do Mm -hmm. I think the the pundits all say that I just can't see a pattern of playing that for them and and we we try to take advantage of that but we've got players this week that are kind of our front three not always Richie can play with his back to go a little bit although sometimes it's a bit more like forward-facing players with knock it in inside the fullback or down the wing and I thought actually Brennan and Werner sometimes could have faced their man up a bit more and just went at them and tried to attack them a bit more and I think they sometimes didn't do that and I mean it's early days with Werner mean, I did feel a bit sorry for Werner because he did actually have two shots where it (laughs) honestly after his shot it looked like he had the weight of um, his previous Premier League experience on his mind before taking it because they were really really tame. And uh but you know, it's it's super early days for him. I said that in the beginning with the with, with him not having a much game time and let alone practice with us. But overall we were we were we were like we normally are. We're confident. We we you know, we we play with no fear, we know our roles and we believe in each other and uh what more can that ask? And sometimes our limitations might just be the qualities or the abilities of our players, but that's not you know that's mm. that's that's not a bad thing we still you know we still could have easily won today
0: why don't you say so you mentioned Werner why don't we why don't you pick that up now so he, he's joined us on loan from fizzy drink Leipzig uh for <laughs> the rest of the season with uh an option to buy for 15 million ish I think reports vary in the summer um he's gone straight into the starting lineup after a you know a couple of training sessions um I mean firstly how do you feel about the signing do you think it makes sense and and how do you think he did Gareth do you want to kick off
2: yeah, I think the signing makes sense. It's you know, it's win-win all round, really. I think we gain something out of it, potentially. Um, so does the player as well. His primary motivation, we think, is to try and force his way back into the German squad ahead of the European Championships in the summer. So you know, it obviously works for him. Um, I, based on your very limited... Sample size today. I, I do think he's similar to Johnson. They're not one v one players, are they? They haven't got a trick where they're going to go and beat a fullback with. Yeah. So you probably need them to be in a fairly sort of specific situation to get much out of them. And perhaps that situation was there was the moment in the first half, right at the end of the first half, when Skip played that pass into his path. And those are the sorts of situations you want him. You want you want him in. I mean, I would, f- based on the players that were available today, I, you know, I, th- I think he's a very, very different player to Brian Hill, who was really mm-hmm. the only other option that we had. And I did actually think that we lost a little bit once Werner went off yeah, after great. about 80 minutes. I, I think at that point, it almost, that was probably where we drew our line in the sand and said, we'll take a draw. Looking, you know, retrospectively working your way backwards. From that so I, th- I think he's fine I, th- I think you've just got to manage expectations with him you know if he gets there's what 17 Premier League games left mm-hmm. if he scores four goals and gets like three or four assists from there he's probably been a quite a valuable contribution he
0: gets an assist today doesn't he for uh, Bentons yeah. goal so
1: yeah. I thought there there's some glimpses of that today that he looks the good thing with him is is rather than be some kind of tricky wide man, um and obviously he's got speed, but he also looks like he's a bit of a team player. In other words, he does look to pass it when some some players are just more more of a kind of like showman kind of you know, they they want to do their skills and they want to do whatever and they've never got their head up. I think to be honest, that's the problem with some of Man United's signings that mm-hmm. they've had out wide. But um uh, but no, and I think he's looking, He's probably looking for some kind of redemption. It, it's slightly concerning that he went back to Leipzig and it still wasn't really working that well for him because everyone can have a bad experience at the Premier League, uh, especially at that club. But um, I think... Um, but we'll be patient. And I think that the... the, uh, the not the buyout clause. The... Um, uh, obligation. Option. The option, yeah, yeah. yeah the option to Sorry, is is yeah, it's a reasonable price. I mean, you know, we and we'll we'll know that in six months probably whether that's worth yeah. up taking. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: so I think. Yeah. Tommy, just to say say so there were mitigating circumstances why it didn't work for him at Leipzig, which is that they changed the manager. Um, and in fact, so it was um, either was or it is Marco. It's Rosa Now. Rosa Now, yeah. who plays with a completely different style. So Werner oh, was sister, brought in yeah. for the previous manager to play a very specific style yeah. and then they changed the manager not long after it. And it's almost diametrically the it's, opposite, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Lovely. they
0: play they play a four two 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 and he doesn't really fit any of those yeah. any of those positions and um he you know he's injured earlier in this season and then yeah just doesn't really fit the system when he comes back he did quite well last year though he's he he was scoring i don't know what uh four in ten something like that you know not too bad that's his record i think his assists assists
1: have maybe been all right yeah
0: i i thought he was okay today i mean obviously a little rusty um easing his way in we didn't really see the kind of full burst of speed but i thought i thought he was pretty good i think um you know maybe it's good to bring a slightly more experienced player in we're quite a young side and you know particularly with Sunny out and that might help um i agree you know there's some some similarities with johnson um i'd i'd hope that you wouldn't see them both in the same side too often um because it you know we lack variety but i think a front three of um him richie and Decky would be would be quite good and would you know get people to you know something to think about and yeah i thought he did all right i thought he did all right and you know when you look at the option to buy it's you know it's cheap i don't know what his wages are um but you know we're, we're assuming that perisic is going to be is off i think angie's already said he's played yeah. his last game um i wouldn't be surprised if we flip, flipped solomon in the summer and you know if he's coming in to kind of replace their position in the squad and we bring in another another forward in the summer then i i think you know we're looking stronger he's you know he'll be a great option to to have around the squad and he'd get plenty of games and and would be really useful so yeah i mean
1: I mean, the other thing to consider with him is he does, which is valuable. He's got Premier League experience, isn't he? So when he he looks quite comfortable, he looks quite relaxed in his interviews so far. And some of the scenery is not going to be new to him. So and and that is to get up and running. That's quite valuable, I think. Sometimes.
0: I think the other thing about him is is that because of his pace, he's always going to teams are always going to uh, drop off. So we'll will create he'll create space for Madison and others to operate in. Yeah, and I think you know, some Chelsea fans I've heard saying that is that you know even when he wasn't producing himself he was creating space because of his pace that allowed others to thrive and that's you know something Ange is gonna gonna really want and I I thought you know it's pretty clear that Ange had an idea of what to do with him I think it's um uh you know we had a plan for him today and you'd you'd expect that to get more effective as as time goes on I, I did hear someone saying that it was um Langer who who'd suggested him and it did remind me a bit of some of the kind of opportunistic signings that we've seen from Villa. Yeah, maybe um, Coutinho going in there, and some of the other ones like that. Um, I don't know, don't know his involvement yeah. in those, but yeah, it did feel a bit like that. And I think Ange Ange played his Celtic side played against Leipzig in the Champions League last year, so it, he'd seen him firsthand as well. So yeah, an interesting one. Yeah.
2: Can I make a general point about the front three? Mm. Yeah, so I think with the three that we've got today. Yeah. They're all one-touch finishers yeah, and creators. Right. So um, you always felt that they were always, they would only score on their first touch. If they have to, t- have to steady themselves or take a second touch, the chance probably goes away. And I was just looking at the numbers. So Richarlison scored eight goals for us this season. He scored 11 for us in total. And only one of those has been on a second touch, which was the second goal against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan Johnson's one goal for us was the one-touch finish against Wolves. He's got four assists for those. Three of those have been one-touch assists mm. there was the one at Man City where he had three touches before he crossed it for for Deke um, and I suspect Werner would probably be pretty similar as well if you went back and looked at a montage of goals and assists that he gets so they probably happen on instinct so i.e if they have to start really thinking about it they don't I'm just mentally trying to top up Sonny's goals and, and, and Deke's goals this year I mean Sonny there's a bit of a combination there are some one touch because he score a lot from a lot of cutbacks This year. But Sonny, you fancy him if he has to take a touch and set himself, he usually scores. Um, Certainly, Decky, I'm thinking he scored against Sheffield United, which was one touch to set himself, one touch to score. When he scored against Chelsea, that was a deflected header. effort where he had yeah. about three touches to set himself. I think He's Man got- City was the, was the header. I can't remember the other mm. two goals he scored at the top of my head. So I think if you put those three together, you have to play in a very specific way where you've probably got have a, you know, a Deke or a Madison or a Lo Celso who can feed yeah. them. So they have those opportunities to score first time.
0: And I, I think um, Sun and more so Deke allow us to hold up the ball and allow others to join play um the front three today uh you know kind of straight up the line aren't they straight straight you know attacking players and not not really gonna um be able to do that so uh, but there's options you know we know that we were really short really short today and you know everything considered i think it was it was pretty effective um were you surprised to see skip playing as the most furthest forward of the three in midfield and i i think it's one of those things I haven't. I haven't really looked on, you know, kind of social media after the game. I think it's probably one of the th- ones that, one of those things, one of those decisions that fans will be puzzled about, be moaning about. And I just wonder whether you, what you thought, Angie's reasons for that are.
1: Um, well, I think it just depends. I mean, you've got the three players to choose from, and the three and the three roles that you want to give them in midfield. And I just think he's probably thought that. Pierre might be a bit more disciplined. I think Skip's disciplined, but I think he's a bit more active. I thought he probably thought Pierre might be a bit more aware and a bit more experienced because I think there's a there's 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 a rule of thumb with United that if you can keep a reasonable close eye on Fernandez, then you're going to snuff out quite a lot of you know the good stuff that might mm. happen for them. But um, and I think he wanted Benson corps still to be that kind of metronome. If you can, if you can get the ball to him, if you can feed the ball to him, he'll keep the circulation going and that kind of thing. I think Skip, the other thing with Skip is is then you're looking someone that maybe like Sars had to is to play the more forward role, and I think Skip Skip will easily match SAR for running. I think the difference is though is that Sars Sars intu- intuition of where to run and when to run is just next level. I think I think mm. he's very much. Um, A lot of the running Sard does is effective running. In other words, I don't know how he manages to do it, but Mm. he's very good at that one. Skippy's more of a he's more of a fighter and more of a kind of probably a bit more of a kind of Conor Gallagher kind of runner I think where you're literally going around trying to sort of close people down I mean this is none of this is criticism of Skip I think he so I think that's why maybe he suited that role more today because you're not going to probably get that running out of Pierre not that he'd probably play the more forward role anyway and Bentancourt you just want to keep him in that position where you're gonna he's gonna be a fulcrum for passes mm. from defence to midfield to forwards and that I meant how well it worked I'm not quite sure because I say I don't Think, but I think, referring to what you were saying, Gareth, I think, um, judging by the kind of forwards we had, it wasn't like we were like servicing them massively today in that kind of forward motion way that we maybe wanted to. And that might, as I say, just be because that's you, those some of these players don't bring those abilities. I mean, obviously, Skip made an absolutely lovely pass to mm. Werner, so Werner, so yeah, but mm. yeah, maybe that's what I that's that, that's my my thoughts. And you know,
0: I mean, I think Skip probably had his best competitive game for Ange today, um, maybe not the heights of his um, style. He's <laughs> really good to play against Barca in pre-season where uh, he really yeah. looked the part. Uh, Gareth, what did you think? What, what, I mean, what, what do you think the idea is of playing him?
2: Mm. Well, I, th- I think he was, Andrew was really behind the eight ball, wasn't he, once Decky was out and with Lo Celso out as well. So I think there was no perfect way of putting him, putting the three of them in there because clearly it was going to be the three of them unless he did something really radical like put Jamie Dunley in there, um, whenever I think of if I'm if I'm thinking into my head about what does Oliver Skip do today, the one thing I always picture him doing is make trying to make runs between the fullback and the centre back. So we had the ball on the right hand side on the touchline, and he always makes a run in front of the ball. Um, so I guess by having him that high up the pitch, you're allowing him to make those sorts of runs, which I don't think are for him to receive the ball. I think yeah. they are to create space elsewhere. So it was yeah. So there wasn't much he could do. Although, what I wanted to ask you, Milo, because you're far more of a student of this sort of thing, when Skip went off for Dragushin with about five minutes to go, it was the change that I thought was going to happen, which in theory allowed Poro to go and play in midfield. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did wonder whether Poro playing in a midfield three would make sense, but when this happened, I think, at the end of the game last week against Burnley, or mm-hmm. it's happened in a game recently where Porro's sort of been released to go and play in midfield. But rather than going and sort of tucking in as one of the three midfielders, he almost plays as a bit of a right wing-back on top of the right-back. So I wondered whether you'd picked up on that or noticed what sort of positions Poro went to. But nominally, he did become one of the three midfielders in that four-minute period before Van der Ven then getting the cramp and Dragoosin having to go to play into centre-half.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Porro effectively plays there anyway when we're in possession, so it's not a huge amount of difference, is it? I think, you know, United were coming back into it and I th- I think Andrew was uh, just trying to shore it up, wasn't he? See out see out the result and um, I suppose also, you know, Porro being a defender, although, you know, arguably our best passer in the team maybe be um, Benton Kerr. Yeah, the other one but yeah, yeah best passer in the team today um allows us to do that and if united are forcing us on also it gives us the ball you know he's someone who can deliver that ball in behind um if there's space to attack late on I, I mean i think the bench was so so light today that you had very few options and it's just really who's who's kind of fit enough to see out the game um yeah, I don't think there's a lot more than that. One one other thought actually on on skip and uh, that role today. Uh, you know, we know that Decky was you know trained yesterday and then was a late dropout today. So I wonder also maybe it's that him and Benton Kerr had actually trained in for this game. Uh Heubier was you'd you'd assume a late um you know addition. And by doing it this way round Hoibier is slot, well, slotting into a role that he's played in the first team before, but it's probably less yeah. um, is less Man United specific, I would think, that position rather than the more the two more advanced uh, players in in, in midfield. Uh, one thing I did think about uh, Benton Kerr today is that the, the way he took his goal uh, for me um, kind of emphasised why I think that in our, you know, our strongest eleven he's a, he's an eight in our strongest eleven because you know that goal threat and that you know, he's just mm-hmm. as, a, as a late arrival in the box I just think he poses more of a threat than Sarr and that's not to take anything away from Sarr he's had a fantastic season but yeah. um, I think Bentaker's is just that little bit better
1: yeah I think I mean I was glad he scored today because he had a little spell last year where he got a few I mean he could be a I don't know an eight to nine goals a season man couldn't he or something like that and yeah. you know that that's that's something we need really because I think we're quite I think we can head towards that that kind of team where we spread the goals around quite a bit mm.
2: Well, I think it's it's a strength-based approach to picking the team was that Benton calls our best midfielder. So where can we put him where we can ensure he is as effective as possible? And then almost by doing that by default, you then slotted Hoiberg and skip into the other two positions around that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, you know, I think we, 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 we've had managers in the not-too-distant past who are weakest link-based managers, so they would have looked for what's the biggest flaw here, and what can I do to fix that, and then we'll, we'll work around that. So this yeah. is very much in the, you know, in, the, in, in the style of Ange. It's to think, you know, how can I win this? This is our strength here, yeah. How do we build yeah. it around this?
0: So you mentioned uh, Dragashan who joined us from Genoa for 25 million-plus extras earlier on this week, saying turning down Bayern Munich to come here. Um, he came on in the 84th minute. So we didn't have a huge amount to see of him, not a lot to go on. But what did you make of him? And yeah, have you watched him before? Have you seen him for
1: Genoa? I've not seen much of him. Although I think, did I watch some of that Genoa game the other day when they drew 1-0? Did they draw 1-0? Yeah, he did scored, remember? didn't he? Yeah, header. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Header. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah that's yeah, all I've seen of him. And I've not even done the YouTube thing, really, to be honest. So... You you take the floor. You go go for it, Gareth.
2: No, I, th- no, I think Milo should because yeah, I'm in the same boat <laughs> as you. I haven't seen him either. I, 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 I don't know what Milo will have done. So I've only got no, five six minutes of plus stoppage time to comment on. What oh, did okay.
0: you make of those six minutes?
2: Well, I, I, I mean, he obviously did, he didn't have a great deal to do, but he really looked like he belonged there. I think you'd you'd expect a central defender to do, but I mean it's it's then today he's a twenty one year old um, coming into play in the Premier League in probably the most famous stadium in in England as well, and he just didn't look overall at all. He looked totally like that was that was his level and his sort of platform, but just that was sort of the aura I got from him anyway.
0: I'd agree with that. I thought it was pretty pretty remarkable. He'd come on when uh, Fernandez was taking a, a free kick just outside our area, mm. and he he'd lined up, and then he was telling other players where to go and and, and moving them around and stuff and you're thinking you'd be pretty impressed with a 21 year old doing that let alone a 21 year old who's only joined the club a couple of days before that and only had a couple of training sessions and yeah I thought that was you know spoke well of his character Um, Ricky what do you think
1: yeah, I mean, he looks like someone. I mean, his attributes look like someone that, as I was saying about Alfie Dorinton, just really he's got that kind of style and that poise and uh, confidence to play as a as a centre half like we want him to. We just. Obviously, he's someone that's going to be okay distributing the ball. And I think people have said that he's got the kind of. He's got some long passing, a bit like Toby. Um, and it's maybe just the shorter game. But of course, you can only have stats and certain ways of playing f- via the team that you've come from. If they don't play in a certain kind of way, then you're not always going to be doing and, that kind of thing. And Genoa so, don't.
0: They're a bit of a hoofball yeah. team. They play three at the back. Um, they're not playing out from the back. So mm. there's not not a huge amount to go on that you know I've seen some nice uh you know, kind of direct passing from him but we haven't you know we don't really see a lot of um you know what you'd expect from an Ange center you know center back but I think our scouting setup or the data guys have got very good at spotting stuff in players that maybe other people are missing and uh, I'm sure that there's they've got data there that doesn't maybe doesn't come out in the stuff that's you know, freely available, that, or yeah. maybe there's a combination of data there that shows something that we're missing. You know, if you look at Vicario, for instance, you know, when you know, last season, you know, he wasn't playing the ball with his feet a, a huge amount, or not, you know, certainly not in the way we do. And he was playing in a, you know, a low block size. You didn't see him, you know, coming off his line a huge amount, but he's taken to all that, um, you, know, you know, very you know, very quickly. So um, I think they're pretty, pretty smart in, in, in how they're doing this. Um, yeah, I like him. I'd say. <laughs> He's just got that, like you said, he's just got that aura, hasn't he? Which is yeah. is is good. He looks like he belongs, and I think, yeah, you know, I think that counts for quite a lot. And yeah, I've watched him a yeah. few times for Genoa. Not not a huge amount, but I've watched him I don't know five or mm. six times, I suppose. I, I like him. I think he, I think he's a really good signing, and um, yeah, you, know, you wouldn't be worried if you know, if he if he, if, um, if he had to play a few games, or you know, if we'd had him before this last latest injury
1: yeah.
0: round, it w- could have made a big difference. So mm-hmm. it's really good. And I think, you know, it's really nice to see this squad tape- taking shape now. You know, we we really need, you know, a couple of, couple of players for every position. And, um, you yeah, know, that's beginning to take shape. And, you know, hopefully we maybe can add one or two more this window, be opportunistic and then, you know, see where we are in the summer.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think,
0: I think it's significant that we're seeing players, you know, choose us over bigger clubs. You know, after you know, him choosing us over Bayern Munich, and yeah, I just wonder whether you think this kind of creates its own ment- momentum. You know, obviously we've had really, really good vibes around the club this season. You know, we're playing good football. I think everyone is, um, you know, mm-hmm. is impressed with how we're playing. Likes how we're playing. You know, Ange didn't really have a particularly high profile. You know, we've we've in the past we've had managers that you know part of the reason given for bringing them in is that they they're, they'll be able to draw players. To the club and it hasn't really worked like that. And for us to you ha- yeah, we lost a greatest player of the modern era to Bayern Munich in the summer, and then six months later we've got you know one of the most promising young defenders in Syria choosing us over them. Mm. For me that feels quite significant. I don't know what you think.
1: Yeah, I think um I think Ange has said that uh well he doesn't like well, he's implying that he's not like he's not selling the club, he's not like a salesman, he's not doing that way. And I will get the idea with I will get the feeling with Ange that he's one of these bloke. it's one of these Chaps that can speak in a way that he kind of plants seeds in your head or he gives you like food for thoughts. In other words, rather than directly Mm. selling something to you, it just makes you think.
0: Madison's comments in the summer kind of tie up with that, don't they? Because he didn't say, because this is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to play football. You can either be part of it or you're not.
1: Yeah, it's almost a slight re- reverse psychology there, isn't yeah. there? Where it's like we're and I think Angie's probably rather than do that kind of complete sales pitch. Oh, we're great, we're good, and then and then over complimenting a player. It's kind of it's more it gives people something to think about. And and I think from and what's helping I think as well is from from the kind of from the backroom staff point of view i don't mean the coaches i mean the kind of scouts and that kind of thing mm. i think we're taking that a lot more of a 360 view of people now and players and their kind of character yeah. as, as well as their ability and their technical ability and you never know if you have someone that's quite a smart player then they will respond to someone that's a smart manager in other words that, 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 in other words someone that's a bit brash and a bit loud they wouldn't even understand probably the way angie's speaking to them in a mm. in a sense of you know they want something that's a bit more oh we've got great nightclubs and we're pay you pay loads of wages and all that kind of thing when our <laughs> players hopefully or and, and it seems that way vicario is definitely like that yeah. van de ven's definitely like that players that i want to learn got the intelligence to want to learn and absorb everything that angie's going to throw at them and i think um and i think that that that's starting to build and i think angie's happy himself and I think that's what's reflected in some of his interviews recently with all the kind of adversity I think he's now thinking that I think I am he himself is now thinking I'm onto something here and I think I might have even more than just a nucleus of a team here I'm starting to build plenty of players that are really on on the right page with me and um and of course I mean hey I mean you know if you're a club on the up and and you're 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 playing a lovely style of football that's going to be attractive as well but um i think i think players are going to want to be part of something and yeah. and the age of players we're targeting is really um a great mm. thing as well because it gives you a chance to build something that's going to have a few, a good few seasons out of it. And, you know, fingers crossed that the manager stays around for those seasons as well.
0: Well, if yeah. we put out Dragushan and Van de Ven, you've got, what, 21- and 22-year-old centre-backs and... Yeah, yeah, they look. Yeah, they look He's composed. Doggy. They don't look. You know, they could be playing. They could have been playing yeah. at Southampton on Friday night, couldn't they? And yeah. so the other, mm-hmm. the other thing that occurred to me was, say, the Vicario inter- interview in the Observer today, where he was saying that he would have walked here and signed his contract in his own blood when he when he got the chance. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that this kind of creates the momentum, and it starts becoming almost self fulfilling that. People feel like that, and you know, if you think back a year ago, when people, you know, we're thinking, oh, who's going to want to be the manager of this lot? Who's, you know, which players are actually going to want to join us because we're such a mess?" And then to be where we are now just feels, you know, remarkable to me. What do you think,
2: Gareth? Hmm. I th- yeah, I mean, for, for lack of a better word, clearly it's a project now that people want to be part of. Um, I mean, again, we should probably reflect that the Premier League has huge pulling power anyway didn't it and um, we're in a fairly unique position and we've definitely maximized this this position at the moment that you know if you go to Man City at the moment you're going to be well down the peck in order to go in there probably the same at at Liverpool as well Man United are obviously a complete mess at the moment Chelsea are a a complete mess as well Um, but
0: Newcastle can't spend any money anymore. Uh,
2: Newcastle <laughs> can't spend any money either. So probably, um, I, I guess there's probably some appeals to going to Brighton at the moment across across Europe, albeit they're not looking, players at probably at quite that level. They'd probably be looking at the next level down. So I think we've got an opportunity here. We've got a fairly um, sort of niche area of the market to, to buy in at the moment. But look, we're definitely maximising that those opportunities at the moment. And Ange clearly is a big part of that. He's having the conversations with the players on the, on the phone beforehand. But as I think we've all said, Ange isn't an arm around the shoulder sort of, you know, bloke. People aren't going to him because of his charm. They're going to him because of his authenticity. Um, and the fact that he obviously can sell them this project at the moment. And I suppose the, if you're, if you're a player coming in at the moment, you'd also look at the likes of, Sa, and you'll have to remind me of the other player who's recently signed a new contract. Was it Udogi? Udogi. He signed yeah. a new contract there as well. So you look at those and they're probably thinking, well, 18 months down the line here, or 12 months down the line here, I'm going to get a better offer from the, from the club to stay here to build an even bigger contract. And, um, I, uh, you said right at the start, or you may have said it off, off pod. I'm quite comfortable with the fact that these players might be looking at us as a stepping stone. Now, clearly, um, Dragushan's agent, is well, um, oh, he had verbal diarrhoea, didn't he? We may, in a few years, describe him as being a bit of a gobshite, but he's already sort of alluded to the fact that he's he's looking at his next move in the, you know, Real Madrid and and Barcelona. And I don't have any problem with with players coming in here if that is their ambition and seeing us as a bit of a bit of a stepping stone to that level, because I think we'd always. I think we'd always be aware that we are never going to be the biggest sharks in the, you know, in the tank. But if we got a little bit more control over where those players are, you know, are going, I'd, I'd rather them have ambitions to go and play for Real Madrid and Barcelona after Spurs rather than Arsenal or Liverpool.
0: Or Charlton or Crystal Palace. You know, if, if, <laughs> yeah. if he's getting a move to Real Madrid or Barcelona, it's because he's been fucking brilliant in a Spurs shirt and we've got him on a long contract which means we've taken we've fleeced them for a load of money um you know that's that's a good situation to be in i think you know part in the past i think part of the problem we've had is we've held on to players too long i don't want us to build a team over the next year and a half that is with us for the next 10 years i want to see three or four of them leave every year and replacements come in and we keep it fresh and we, we we you know we 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 keep on building and i think yeah, I think it's been a problem for us both as fans, you know, being reluctant to see players to go, but actually as a club, you know, not not doing that. And um, you know, I think it's far better to sell players. Maybe you take the risk of selling a player a year too early than it is holding on to them, and it's a year too late, and they're worth yeah. half the value they were at their peak. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with that as well. And you know I want you know if a if a player's coming in with that kind of attitude it's because they've got confidence in their own ability uh, and those are the kind of players kind of players you want um so yeah i I agree i think it, it's a good thing i I doubt that um we're going to be overly impressed. He's got two agents, I think, because he's, um, he's official agent on, on transfer market. I was looking at this is it's, it's um, same agent as um, Vicario's got, but I'm assuming that the guy has been gobbing off to the Romanian press is someone who's been with him since he was young and um, is tagging along. And I'm not quite sure what <laughs> the deal is there, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if um, we're having a quiet word and saying those chaps at CAA base are really good. You ought to, you ought to get on the phone to them and yeah. see whether they want to. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think circling back to the original point about um, I mean, it is a it's a bit of a sea change as you as you say to like almost um, be more attractive than Bayern Munich. Um, I mean, admittedly, uh, I mean a lot of I mean, some of our players are coming from. I mean, that's the other thing where while we are attractive because some of these players are coming from like. Genoa or Udinese or Empoli so we, we are you know and and like you say that Gareth the 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 level of respect for the Premier League as in as the top of the tree league um is a pulling power as well but i think but I do think I meant to to yeah to outmaneuver Bayern I mean I'm not sure I mean Angie's obviously been on the phone to Dragusin and uh I think probably well and he must have spoke to Tuchel as well but I think you know if you was running your um human connection world cup on twitter um uh milo uh and andrew's up against Tuchel. i'd, I'd like to think that Andrew's cruising through that round <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, right. yeah 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 I mean, <laughs> so he, i'm sure yeah. he's talked to him talked him our way kind of thing <laughs> yeah. yeah you get a
0: phone call from and you gonna say i want to be part of that you get a phone call from Tuchel. you're going to be a bit scared aren't you Is uh <laughs> yeah. have, have nightmares afterwards <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, i mean in terms of that kind of that vibes thing i think um I think it's a sign of how far we've come that, you know, we've, gone to, we've come away with a point from Old Trafford and, you know, with an injury-ravaged side or you know, sickness-ravaged side and we're disappointed with it. And I was just wondering about kind of like since that Chelsea game with all the injury problems we've had, um, you know, kind of what your expectations were at the beginning of that, you know, how they've changed now. now. I kind of felt that whatever team we put out today, we were going to go and give them a game and I can't. I can't imagine it you know I can't remember a time like that that kind of that confidence that whatever happens we're going to at least try and play the game properly. I what do you think? I mean have your expectations changed over that over the last couple of months?
2: Um I w- well I th- I think immediately after the Chelsea game I really thought the results would we would suffer and we'd probably get a few more results like the ones we got against Wolves and Villa. A little bit against West Ham, where it wasn't that the you know that the we weren't building something it was just the sheer number of players that we had out we we just literally ran out of players to mm. be able to sustain any sort of decent form. so I think we have ridden the storm a little bit um I think more through sheer perseverance over that sort of Christmas and early December period, and we were probably fortunate that we played teams like. Forest, um who were out of form at and Newcastle, who were out of form at the at the time, but having come through that, my expectations or my hopes for the season right back at the start of it was that we would get vi it would be a vibe season, and that we would get somewhere near the top six and we 'd fairly comfortably qualify mm. for europe what i hadn 't expected is that United would be so poor, and that Newcastle would be so affected by injuries I, th- I think they 're probably a good benchmark for us actually, in terms of the number mm. of the um, sort of, the, you know the changes they've had to make week on week on week so you know I, I, I think now it's, you know it very much is about maintaining those vibes and I would be really disappointed if we didn't finish in the Champions League spot next year it, even though it might cost you some tea <laughs> well he, yeah well, that's, the, that's the step back with Aston Villa I mean he did say that we'd finish at least eight points ahead of Villa which I still think is optimistic oh, yeah. I think they have um, the, the,
1: yeah um, I think uh I mean obviously Chelsea was the big split point in our season really, but um I mean I'd like to dial back. I mean, this is what people kind of forget. I mean I'd like to dial back this is so remarkable what short period of time this is this, because mm. if I dial back even to the start of the season, what people I'm not saying they're forgetting it, but we had a brand new manager and we had a, and we had what to be we, we had three new players in the back four, uh in the back five. We had a goalie from a a lowly Italian team that we're going to hope is going to be okay. We had a uh, we had a Poro who was only here for six months. We had um, we didn't know Sa was going to be good. We had ben still recovering from an ACL. We had, we'd lost our best goal scorer we've ever had at the club and all these things. And so in those first 10 games we we think, oh, we were like, we, things were going brilliantly then. But things were going brilliantly against a really, even then, a tricky mm. picture, a tricky backdrop with a whole new manager. And then, so then after the Chelsea thing, we all rightfully thought, well, that's, you know, that's even you know, that's even more of a disaster. Now, how are we going to recover from these kind of things? And we did lose. We'd lose four games in a row, did we, I think? Mm -hmm. So it was a shock to us. But it's, it's just showed how resilient the club is and the players are and the systems we've got in place that we worked our way through that. Admittedly, we probably had some easier fixtures, but we still showed that we could cope with four full backs playing across the back four and that kind of thing. And all, all this is doing week on week is instilling more and more belief that as things mm. trickle back to normal, it's just I just can't see. And I just can't see how we just won't have an absolutely massive chance of winning every game that we play in because we're going to have so many decent players back that I just think racking up the points is not going to be a problem. I mean, I think we're even, even with the problems we've had and, you know, even including those first 10 games, because you still have to, you, how we're top of the league after those kind of coming into the season mm. with those kind of, you know, those thoughts. I mean, no one thought, you know, mm. we didn't even know if, I mean, some pundits or even us didn't really even know if Ange was going to be great, but, um, and it's just turned out that he's, he's, he's achieved all this almost on fast forward. And I think they were saying after the game today, it puts a mockery to a lot of other managers that he's managed to do this and instill this and get us up and running and looking massively cohesive in such a short space of time. And I just think that – I think I said in an earlier pod that I was hoping by the end of January, because February is my kind of hope where things just all start falling into place more – that we would have 40 points or more. We've got 40 points today. So we're, we're running at virtually two points a game now because we played, how many games we played 20, have we? We played 21 20. now. Yeah, 21, and we've got 40 points. So, And I just can't see how we wouldn't get two points a game come February onwards because we. Yeah. I think after Brentford, we've got 16 games left, basically. So that's another, if we're two points a game, that's 32 points. We'd be 70, something, mid-70 points maybe. And I think, I can't third. see that not getting top yeah. five or top four. I can definitely see that happening, but I think we can go beyond that. I think we can definitely go beyond that. Let's say yeah. once February comes, and 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 I think, I think even everyone's friend um, Jamie Redknapp's come around that way to thinking, doesn't he? I think he's waxing lyrical about yeah, us. He's quite regularly, very on positively this guy. about us. Yeah. He's gone massively mm-hmm. positive, but I think it's because he's, you he's can't saying, not you know, you? Well, he's saying what we see." He says that he keeps going back to Ange just to serve so much credit, and he does. I think.
0: I mean, there's no one in this league that I'd be scared about us playing. Absolutely no, no one.
1: Especially this season, because I think a lot of teams have shown that they're a bit valuable this year. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, De Bruyne are coming back for City, changes things there. But, mm. um, yeah, there's no one There's no one I'm scared of in this league. There's no one I don't yeah. think we can go toe-to-toe with and, and at least stand a very, very good chance of winning. And... Um, yeah, I think it's remarkable. I think one of the things that was occurring t- to me today watching the game is back to the Man United game at the, the beginning of the season, which I think is probably when kind of Vibes FC kind of first, first fully arrived as a uh, first at home, his first home game of the season. Um, you know, really important win. Um, and you know, really impressive, you know, particularly second half. I thought we were very good in that game. Um, and that was with pretty much a full strength side. And today, you know, anything but that and you know two center backs who are playing you know their first game together for months and you know lots and lots of reasons why it might have been disjointed performance but i think actually in terms of um kind of the style of play today i think it was a lot better in this game than the the game man united game earlier in the season you know if we if we taken yeah. that team who played in the the corresponding fixture and put it in this one then i think we you know we we end up winning by quite a lot i think we would have blown them away um but I think it's really encouraging that you can see that improvement, you can see that development, even when you've got you know, second and third choice players starting.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I think the other thing to remember is, I mean, our you know our kind of direct competitors. I mean, they'll 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 be getting back into the weeds of um, European football as well. Come the back end of the season, we've got a really skinny schedule, and we can make full use of that. I think that's the great thing about it. I mean, you know, we've had some good gaps between games, and as the players come back uh they will then will be able to fill the bench as well. So when it comes to those sixty, seventy minute yeah. substitutes, you know, without too much of a drop off, we'll be able to go I mean, you know, when you're not when you're playing one game a week, come the weekend you're absolutely, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's just worth um pointing out. You saying about you wouldn't fear us going anywhere. So we've drawn now our- a Arsenal we've drawn at City and we've drawn at United so a, that's the first time since 2006 that we've managed to avoid defeating all three of those games but for anyone who've only got into football in the last 13 years or so Man City were a very different Man City until yeah. <laughs> since about yeah. 2012 um, so we still travel to Liverpool Newcastle and Chelsea who I guess you'd say are the three sort of traditionally really tough away games that we go to but yeah if, I, if I'm thinking about all three of those games I'd expect us to go there on the you know on the front foot even Roy Keane who's often a real critic of us said that Spurs played with a bit of swagger today and I think there was a bit of menace and and swagger about the way that we played today and yeah that's just something you expect now of us I think the only time when we well perhaps two occasions when we haven't seen that um, and I don't want to say too much because I know we're going to come to this next week but obviously Wolves there were perhaps too many changes Mm. at one point for that one and the Brighton game I just thought we were very loose in midfield. In that game but now if, you, if you, you think even with um you know only with one of our best three or four midfielders in there which is Ben ten today there's still that intention now that we're going to dominate possession we're going to control the tempo of it yeah what do you think of man united today um i think you, you we've kind of already touched on it in that you just don't know what their identity is there's no real obvious are they a counter-attacking team probably that's that's the closest resemblance of what a plan is but they're certainly not a possession team I think Gary Neville said it in commentary actually on, you know, on Sky over here which was that since you know Mourinho and Man- and Solskjaer they've just been a moments team so they're a mm-hmm. team that rely on having a big moment because they've got a big player who can pop up and score a goal and to an extent both their goals today certainly Rashford's one I would say that was a moments goal because it really mm-hmm. came out of nothing it wasn't part of any sort of structured system of play where they were not on the door, and you felt a goal was inevitable. So um, they're, they're, you know, they're a, they're a real mess, and understandably, they're taking up a lot of airtime at the moment with people trying to analyse exactly what the problem there is and how on earth they fix it. But they just remind me a little bit of, um, you know, systemically of Liverpool in the nineties where. They're, um, you know, they had a golden era probably ten years ago. At the moment, but they look absolutely no sooner to being able to fix and those problems mm-hmm. than to actually challenge at the top again. They just look a light year off being a team that would realistically challenge anyone for a league
1: title. Ricky? Um yeah, I think I think it's safe to say I think Ten Hag's been there long enough now to sort of. I think he was he's going to be like a busted fluss, basically. Yeah, it's and not going to get better, is it? No, I think his teams reflect him, which oh, mm. he means I just I'm. I haven't got a clue what he's on about half the time, even when he's interviewed. But yeah, so I think, and as a club, really, I think this the other day, I think, <laughs> you know, they're like, do you know the, I think they're the Thames Walter of football. <laughs> If you know the Thames Water story, no. I think basically they've got like, they've, they've um, got dis- disinterested owners. They loaded the business with debt largely to pay out dividends. They completely neglected and spent fuck all on infrastructure and they pump out a load of shit every week. That's, <laughs> <what>. <laughs> that's exactly them in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thought, thinking that the other day it came to me and I thought yeah that's, that's who they are well <laughs> I thought it
0: was noticeable that their fans were getting very very uh restless in particularly in the second half and I think it must be yeah, pretty humiliating for, you know to be the home team and you've got a team who's just kind of draw you out and then passing through you and um I think when they saw I don't, yeah, I don't know how um how aware the, the average Man United fan is of their kind of first choice first team but then you know they must have been aware that we were you know it was a uh, you know scratch side and you know you know not the best team that we can put out and yeah. um i think um you know everyone's got verner is um I think, I think everyone's kind of underestimating him a bit aren't they or you know they don't have a particularly strong view of him so i think yeah i think they must have been pretty confident when they saw that lineup or must have thought they got reasonably lucky and yeah i think it was pretty humiliating for them that we go there and play like the home team and silence them mm-hmm. and on tv at least um, I could only really hear our fans singing.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. That's it. Yeah, it was, it was. It was noticeable how quiet they were in the in the first half. You know, you you, you think having got that early goal, it would have lifted them, but I I made it, made notes from about the tenth minute onwards, which is what seven minutes after they mm. scored, it went deathly quiet over there. It was almost an expectation or resignation about what was gonna what was going to happen next. I mean, I do think actually, I, I did write this down in my notes as well. I think if you if you were able to put any one of fernandez rashford or garnacho into our starting 11 today you know we'd have won that game comfortably so they do have players who um should be able to solve problems and win them games but just, just structurally they're such a mess
0: but they wouldn't get into our team on vibes
2: No, no, they definitely wouldn't. They they definitely wouldn't on vibes. They definitely take that sort of aura about them. If you take their sort of (laughs) core attributes and qualities, though, if you had Fernandes, who potentially is a player who can unlock a defence or put the ball on a sixpence for one of our three forwards who can only score with the first touch, then that would have made a hell of a difference. I think, you know, Rashford's probably a better finisher than um, any of the three that we had up there as well today. So they have, the point I'm trying to make is they have individually got some really good players there but there's no sort of cohesion at all that I you know I, I think best way to sum it up about Ten Hag is that he's you know he's definitely not 100% of the problem there but it's sort of increasingly he's also definitely not the solution either.
1: Yeah. They've had an amazing run haven't they Manu with disastrous managers since Sir Alex it's just I think you said in one of our chats Milo I think they are the worst run club in the Premier League aren't they? I
0: think so they're I think messing. any I think yeah. they're, they're kind of um insulated against the their bad decisions or you know kind of uh, protect hmm. against their bad decisions partly because of their size they've got you know they've got so much money that yeah. um that it kind of protects them a bit and obviously they're, they're still a draw because of their size because mm-hmm. of their name but i it's hard to think of anything really they've got right since ferguson was um you know, retired and mm-hmm. I, I also think that you know you've got so many kind of ex-players mm-hmm. or ex you know, um, well, manager, managers around who are still kind of involved. You know, Ferguson was sat next to Ratcliffe today, wasn't he, in the stand? And I think, you know, half of the, you know, so many ex players on the payroll still. And I just think it's, it's not particularly healthy. I think. And even like with this buyout, it's, I mean that's not. I don't think that's going to help them. I mean, Ratcliffe's in charge of football matters, no, but, the Gla- yeah. but the Glazers you know, own the majority of the shares, and it's in charge of commercial matters. Mm. Well, you know, what, ha- you know, what happens if well, if they fall out? Exactly. I think they've got clauses. I think they've got clauses in the. Contracts that they're not allowed to criticise each other publicly.
1: Mm. Glazers want their cake and eat it with that deal. I think they want someone yeah. to come in to try and smooth over all that bit they've been getting so wrong. But like you say, if it, if they fall out, they've still got the power to then be the dominant stakeholder. So yeah,
0: it, I, the only way I see it working is if it works straight off. If it comes, you know, if, if Ratcliffe can bring in a load of players to begin with, and it you know, uh, you know maybe brings in a new manager, and suddenly everything everything clicks um then maybe it maybe it works but if it doesn't if there's a prolonged period i can just see there being you kind of gaps between them in terms of where they want to go and then that creates a problem and or people don't know quite who they're reporting to you know maybe the glazers start turning up at games again and stuff and it just it creates problems and you know if you look at what he's done at nice where again he was meant to be someone who was um you know, coming into the dressing room, um, you know, almost like a kind of Ted Bowley kind of character. And there were rumours the reason they were signing so many ex-Premier League players was because he wanted players to talk to in the dressing room when he turned up. And, yeah, yeah if you that kind of character around, you know, a club like that isn't 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 going to help. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but, yeah, I think they're a mess. Yeah. I think they're a mess. I think they're really badly run. And I thought they were really poor today. Yeah. And, pff- yeah.
2: Well, I, th- I you know, I, I think that we are now probably the best example. and Newcastle wouldn't be too far behind this, actually, and Arsenal wouldn't be either, um, of a club where everyone was pulling in different directions. Yep. And. Suddenly, it's not that. It's, it's, in theory, it's not that difficult to create a situation where you know actually everyone does start pulling in the same direction again, and then suddenly everything starts to click into place. But they just look a million miles off that, as you said, because the very complicated ownership structure mm-hmm. of it, and accountability, and you know they're definitely in the in. Well, they've not even hit it yet, but they need to have a very painful rebuild. I'd suggest from the from the centre forward through to the tea lady and everywhere in between.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And long
2: may that continue, because it's only going to benefit yeah. us, isn't it? If yes. that's one of the exactly. yes, that's one, exactly. of the, you know, one of the big dogs, sort of out out the way.
0: Yeah, I think I think any other club run as
1: badly as that would have been relegated in that period. So.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I think
1: that's that it. I think they were saying if they lost today, that would have been their tenth league loss this year. I mean, that's just. Mm. So unman United over, like you. I mean, I'm, I suppose us older people just have got the the Ferguson legacy in our head all the time. We that's the Man United we kind of think, but I suppose mm. I mean, I don't know how long is it since Fergie's gone? No, it yeah. must be well, you.
2: I mean, you're, you're neither of you both of you are older than me I'm going to reveal here but I don't think either of you are quite old enough to remember I said Liverpool in the 90s but of course Liverpool yeah. in the 90s were basically united in the early 80s weren't they and so I, I think probably I hear a lot of Man United fans saying this feels very similar to that team where they, they would have odd moments you know they may even win the old cup competition but there was never that um, yeah. there was all those problems within the dressing room I think the drinking culture was, very, um, was yeah. very prevalent back then as well wasn't it they had a flash manager trying to do flash things and it, over the course of a season it, just never, we, was really sustainable.
0: You and I are both old enough to remember pre-Ferguson United. Uh, yeah, I'm Ron Atkinson's United. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah that's what um wrong. And yeah. yeah, they were a cup side. They were, f- they were. flaky and yeah. yeah, couldn't last the distance. And yeah, signed. I suppose you know a bit like you would have said you know the stereotypical Spurs is really you know they had some some flare yeah. players but couldn't sustain it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, I'm not even sure their flare players are that good. Really. I mean, I'm not. I don't think there are I don't I don't no. see big clubs, you know, if if they fail to make the Champions League, I don't really see a queue of clubs coming in to try and poach their best players, really. No, I'm
2: not, I'm not, I'd say Fernandes is probably pound for pound their best player, but he seems yeah. to have lost a little bit of heart from the games we've He just seems to spend all games whinging at the moment. So yeah. I think maybe his inner fire isn't burning as quite as brightly as it would have done a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I mean, that probably, probably then sets the tone. He's the, and he's the club captain as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean,
1: the yeah. problem they've got is some of their players they brought in, especially their fair players, have come in for absolutely monster fees. So. It's you know they're going to have to swallow that, or you you've just got no other clubs that you can redirect them to in the sense of fee wise, or maybe even their wages. And yeah. um, really, uh, I suppose some better running of the club and a manager that can make it work. I suppose that's you know every club's kind of target, really, isn't it? So, but you know that's that's the way you can get something out of those players because I think it's probably some of them are kind of decent players. It's just it's really interesting with players just to know whether they'd be different in a different setup with a different manager mm. in the same way that we say that some players when they leave a really good setup like when potch teams and that then when they go to another team you think oh he's not actually as good as i thought he was because yeah. he was in a perfectly well-oiled machine you know what i mean so and some players suit that better than others but yeah they're in a yeah they're they're in a they're in a mess but long continues. I <laughs> i gareth that's what i say as well
0: right should we take a positive and negative from the game nice and quickly gareth go
2: on um positive i just really enjoyed the way that we played through midfield today the little triangles that we created yeah. um the, the ability to move the ball quickly through the middle third um and my other positive is that we've now got actual genuinely got a two week break or 12 day mm. break because i think it's much needed with the with the squad there yeah, the um, I think that just the you know the negative is the inability to convert that possession and all those good vibes in the middle of the pitch into anything really meaningful in the final third that would have allowed us to win the game.
1: Okay, uh, my positives are just generally what we've been talking about, you know, on the positive side of stuff and the, even in the kind of overall picture, um, and not really any negatives. I can't think of anything. A bit of a this is going to be really, a really lazy yellow car for Benton Corr there, really. Yeah. I think he knew he kicked it away and just tried to deny it all. But yeah, we don't need any unnecessary racking up of yellow cars and suspensions, put it that way. So uh,
0: Yeah, my positive... I think to the returning players, so having uh, Van der Ven and, uh, and Romero back just made such a huge difference and was really good to see. And hopefully this was kind of the last of the games where we've got that, um, yeah, there's, those injury and, um, those injury problems, you know, Mad- Madison's you know, back in training should be good for, for the Man City game. We, you know, hopefully Decky you know, Decky should be back. He was only, he's only been sick. So, um, that's, that's really, really encouraging. So hopefully it's not too long to go till we get those players back. And, um, yeah, I'm just as we were saying earlier. I'm just really excited to see what happens from February onwards because um, we, you know we've been we've been you know, churning out results with uh, with scratch sides and and um, you know not being able to make any subs. And uh, I think once we've got everyone back and we've got the strong bench again, I think we're going to be a real force. Negative, two sloppy goals to concede. Really, I think um, I think if uh, Van de Ven and Romero played a couple more games together and a little bit further along there, uh, um, you know, kind of match sharpness, then I, I don't think those goals go in. I think I think we get the points mm. regardless of what happens at the other end right the week that was so uh it's the cruelest of ironies that eric dyer has left the club and steph's not here to eulogize him uh on thursday eric joined Bayern munich on loan for the rest of the season it's a bit of an odd one i think before the deal was done everyone was expecting it to be a sale for i don't know three or four million euros was being talked about uh dyer's contracts up at the end of the summer so it's farewell after nine and a half years
2: how do you feel about this um i feel well I feel very similar to how I felt when Michael Dawson left us about ten years ago um which is that he's been a great servant for us but it's the it's the best thing for both him mm. and for the club for him to move on now i um, i'm you know i'm Really like the message that he left for the club. And I'm really happy that he can leave with some real fondness for the club as a whole. I guess his teammates and um, probably the people he's in, he's, in, he's, in, he's around every day at the training ground and the sort of support staff that go for that as well. And my, my hope is that history will remember him kindly amongst the fan base as well. I'm, I'm pleased actually he's probably had the six months that he's had this year under Ange. Because I think if he'd left in the summer, it would have been under a real cloud just because of that was a particularly galling time for everyone at the at the club so um, obviously it wasn't a renaissance so much for him but I, I think the fact that he's leaving when when the waters are mm. fairly clear is um you know he's you know, a good thing his last game for us was the when he came on as a sub against everton wouldn't it so i'm yeah. pleased that he goes out with a with you know with a victory under his belt
0: yeah i think um i think you're right i think maybe I mean realistically i think he probably should have been being phased out from about I don't know, four years ago probably and you know he's never quite been the same player he was since uh since his illness uh and you know that it, it robbed him a bit of a pace and a bit little bit of a mobility and um yeah before that yeah he was a really 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 you know good player he was a good you know good midfielder he, you know, he he was a um you know really important part of a really good side and i i i hope that kind of as time goes by people all Remember that more you know, as the more recent memories uh fade, you know people will remember that that, that earlier stuff more, and you know maybe it's a bit like Larice in that 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 sense where um you know maybe sta maybe stayed at the club a couple of more years than you needed to and you know that delayed rebuild that we we all knew needed to happen uh, has took, taken its toll on a load of players who who were really good servants of the club. You say the same for and Sanchez, couldn't you? A guy mm-hmm. who you yeah, know been a really good you yeah, know, maybe not at Dyer's level, but you know, really, really good servant of the club and then um got caught up in a team that was a mess and um it kind of you know, impacts on their legacy a bit, doesn't it, in the short term? Um but yeah yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I'm pleased for him. It's a, it's a move. I definitely wouldn't have put money on. I think yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of expecting him to kind of rock up at Everton or somewhere like that. Palace, or, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Or, um, or maybe wait till the summer and, uh, and join Sporting Lisbon. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's alone till the end of the season that something like that might still happen. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, what a, what a great experience for him. Um, pretty much guarantees mm. him some medals and, um, you know, good club. Good good country to go and um, uh, go and live in. And um, yeah, but just a really, really surprising turn. Ricky, what did, yeah. do you think? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, how many years? Was he nine years with us? Nine and a half. Nine, nine yeah. and a half. Nine yeah. and a half. And for some, he, he basically cost, cost us an all, didn't he, really? It was mm. super cheap. So um, to get nine years of service out of a player like that. And I think at some points he was... He was a very good player for club and country. He had a great yeah. spell with England, especially when he was doing the defensive midfield role. And I think some of that was probably because I think he's tight. I mean, because he looks physically like a typical English centre half, but I think you know he's got some Portuguese DNA there. When you've spent all that time at sport in Lisbon, you're not gonna you know you're not gonna learn nothing during that period. So I think that showed with him quite quite a lot of times. So I think also um, I think. And as you mentioned, Milo, the illness for any professional athlete, and it was beyond the appendicitis by all mm. accounts, he, he had other issues as well that really did seem to have an impact on him that he just, I don't know, never fully recovered from it. It's quite hard to tell really, or whether the kind of the, the, the kind of managers or the way we were playing then didn't suit him as much. It, it's quite hard to tell, but he never seemed to regain it fully like he, the heights he had he'd been at before but I think um the other thing to mention he was he, he, by all reports he seemed like he was almost like an unsalaried um player liaison manager in the dressing room you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. he's 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 been so good with so many players and lots of them are mentioned that helping them settle in um he's obviously I mean you can tell from his interviews he's a he's definitely a uh he's definitely sort of uh a, a worldly person I think Eric and I don't know whether that's because he's lived in other countries and that kind of thing he's grown up and he's he's, he's supported so many new players coming in and being multilinguals really helped, I think. And it wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, give it 10 years and he could well be one of the ambassador roles for the club, I think. I mean, some of our ex-players have done that. I think he'll suit something like that quite well. Um, is it the right time to go? I mean, obviously, it looked like it was kind of phasing out, you know, from a football's point mm. of view. But, um, but I also think like he's probably quite pleased from a, an allotment point of view as well because I think... <laughs> <laughs> the allotment and, um, vegetable grass. know this is like, this is what they call the hungry gap at the moment <laughs> there's not much going on in the allotment so he's going and, to a country
0: uh, where he can get plenty of pickled cabbage it's, um
1: yeah that kind of thing a bit of sauerkraut <laughs> and that so yeah there's not a lot going on you're preparing for the new season and that kind of thing i just hope um i hope he hasn't unless he's got some purple sprouting growing because that'll be coming mm. soon and you don't want to be missing out on that that's kind of one of the king of vegetables so um eric's probably quite pleased it does actually make me wonder with players do they kind of leave all this stuff behind do then does then someone else kind of help out or move in because right. I'd if you're not going to Munich, you don't know how long you're going to Munich. Pardon.
0: I'd say I imagine he would probably want a UK base, wouldn't he? At some point, so you probably find that they'll you know keep the house here or rent it out for a few years or something like that, and then um, uh, and then yeah maybe come back after he retires. Yeah. Who knows? It does Who make knows? me wonder
1: that with players though, they have such lots of kind of life stuff going on here and they, do they just, you know, mm. you know, do you just, does someone just matter? No, obviously they're paid a lot of money so they can probably get people to like keep uh, things ticking yeah. along. But it, it does make me wonder that because I mean, as you say, he's only, he's only contracted to Munich to the end of the season and then. He's going to hope. Oh, I don't know if the year extension is at their whim. I presume it is. Is it? Or well,
0: he's a free agent, isn't he? In the summer, so all the talk of a year extension. I mean, they can do what they want, can't they? Because he's a free agent. Uh, it's, yeah. They might offer him another contract, or yeah. yeah. There, there were rumours that he was looking to see out his contract and join Sporting, which I wouldn't wouldn't rule out yeah. still. But it's yeah, a I bit mean,
1: like um, it's a bit like the Doherty situation because he ended up with just yeah. six months, didn't he, at Atletico, he did, yeah. and then ended. Ended up as yeah. a free kind of agent. But yeah. I'm a
0: bit surprised that we didn't actually cancel his contract and allow him to leave them though because there's, we're limited to seven outgoing loans um, of senior players and it does... Does restrict mm. that slightly now. So I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. the other thing to bear in mind, you talked about his linguistic skills. He's been in Germany since for uh, since Thursday, so he's probably fluent in the language by now. Yeah, given it's overtaken given Harry, previous, isn't he? Yeah, his previous <laughs> track record. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I, I think I think Harry probably hasn't got further than where is the golf course. is probably. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, Eric's going to walk into the dressing room and be like nearly fluent, and Harry's going <laughs> to look at him, give him the old look <laughs> like that kind I, of thing.
0: Cause... I think it was a bit like that at Spurs as well. To be fair.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Can I just say on on Di- because I've, I've looked it up. He's our he's the club's twenty eighth leading league appearance holder of all time. When you think today really? of the legacy numbers issued today, um, Werner and Dragoschina are eight eight one and eight eight two. So he's the twenty eighth mm-hmm. out of eight hundred and eighty two players that have played for Tottenham Hotspur. So that's pretty pretty high up there. He's sort of if you yeah. look where he is on the list, he's slightly above Bobby Smith, who was um, mm. part of the double winning team uh, head of ledley you made 268 appearances dave mckay is just beneath him as well and you, you don't go up too much further until you get the likes of sort of spurs um um sort of royalty in terms of their longevity and sort of chris chris Hewton, paul allen sonny john pratt martin Chivers. so he's mm. um he's really put in a bit of a stint here um and you know based purely on numbers alone he is um, kind of very much up in that sort of top bracket of um Spurs players who have, who have really given us a great service and I suppose by releasing him now it avoids us having to give him a testimonial as well
0: <laughs> they don't really do that anymore do they? <laughs> yeah. right let's just kind of rattle through these next couple of loans so Jed Spence has joined Genoa on loan for the rest of the season with an option to buy for 10 million although I think uh, reports are suggesting we insisted on the option to buy rather than Genoa uh, Jed spent the first half of the season on loan at Leeds where he made seven appearances but spent a fair bit of the time injured there and then Matthew Craig uh, under 21 midfielder Matthew Craig has joined Leeds League two club Doncaster Rovers on loan for the rest of the season. Matthew made his first team debut in a four one win over Leeds on the final day of last season. Uh he went straight into the Doncaster side that play and played eighty nine minutes in a one nil defeat to Newport County yesterday. What do you think of these two uh, these two loans? Any any thoughts?
1: Uh, Not really. I think Jet, well, apart from Jet, I think we're paying his wages as well. So it looks like we definitely wanted him to make the trip to Italy. I don't know if we've given up on him. Uh, Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe he's a bit like Tango. Maybe he's the last of the, um, that might slip through the um, 360 kind of, um. Yeah. Appraisal when it comes for incoming sign-ins. Uh So who knows? I mean, good luck. Good luck to him anyway, though, because I think he's got talent. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, Matthew Craig. I you know. I really hope that it's a good loan for him. I hope there's been some homework into that, and I hope that we get a bit of luck with it as well, because I think yeah. you can do a lot of homework with your um with where your loans are. And I know clubs in the lower divisions are incredibly susceptible to changing managers and yeah. coaches and having a complete 360 if um if results don't work. Work for them so if both of those things are there and he maybe gets what 15 20 first team appearances yeah. before the end of the season even if it's in league two that's that's only going to do him good
0: yeah and sorry just touching on that briefly so it's good to hear that ash phillips was getting loads of really good reviews for his first uh, turnout mm. for plymouth at the weekend i think he got man of the match from their supporters as well which is yeah. is really good right and last thing so fa cup you'll all know this by now we've drawn man city at home in the next round of the fa cup um, it's going to be played on Friday 26th of January because it's on the telly. Um, what do you think? Bad draw? Bad time of the game? Anything else we want to moan about? Or are we happy and it's just another team that we can roll over on uh, Angie's <laughs> Merry March to Silverware?
2: Well, I mean, obviously in the third round, we drew Burnley, who are a team who have visited, I think, our stadium on three or four occasions and and not got anything out of it. And of course, (laughs) having done that, we then wanted to draw another team that have been to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on multiple occasions and never got anything out of it. And we've managed to do that. But, um, no, I, I, you know, look, it's, it's, it's the worst. Well, it's just being away would have been the worst draw possible. Yep. Um, Man City have got 25 world-class players and it doesn't matter whether they rotate. I know the goal, Edison got injured yesterday, so I suspect mm. he wouldn't have played anyway. But, I mean, there's a bit of a drop-off to the to the backup goalkeeper. I think it really just depends... You know, how up for it they are I think they play they've got a week off next week before playing us so they'll go into this was a 12 game 12 day break mm-hmm. and then they have a home game I think against Burnley the Wednesday after so it's not as, I mean you'd, you'd want them sort of going to Liverpool on the Tuesday night wouldn't you so we'd have some real issues but looking at them yesterday at Newcastle probably the 3-2 didn't really yeah. give it a fair reflection of the game because particularly when De Bruyne came on they just looked absolutely majestic um i mean the the, the the positive is if we beat them we were probably going to have to beat them at some point in the competition so why not do it in the fourth round where maybe they're not fully focused on it and it's under the lights at the stadium for you know for right. a home game i'm, I'm just verbalizing well, I'm having
0: let's everything hope madison, in my head at the moment but. let's hope madison coming back for us has the same effect as uh de Bruyne coming back for them did mm. ricky yeah. what do you think
1: yeah, I just think um it could have been, I think from our point of view, it'd be more favorable if we'd have drawn them a round or two later. I think Haaland could be back for them, might not be back for them. But as you say, Edison's out now. De Bruyne definitely looks back. Uh But I think a round or two later would have won definitely mean we had a lot more players back. And two, hopefully late i don't know when the fifth round is to be honest but they might be back in european football then with a bit more of a heavier schedule so um yeah it's a bit of a shame but i don't know they don't really win at our place that much do they or don't win at all i don't think do they, <laughs> they <get> to <laughs> score
0: they yet to score in our new stadium so, yeah, so um, there we go so we'll
1: but you've got to fear them they are you know they're yeah. they're a great team so yeah
0: cheers guys that was fun cheers, cheers Milo. cheers mate We'll be back next week to look back at our first half of the season and catch up with the latest transfer news and rumours, and Steph is bound to try and squeeze in a bit on Eric Dyer as well. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you then.